Hi, y'all. It's Angela. I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. And I'm super excited today because for all of you creatives out there, you are going to love hearing from our next guest. She is the creative director of an award-winning boutique wedding planning firm called Harmony Creative Studio. And she's a recovering fashion addict. I can say, I think I'm still an addict of um, Apple products. People are like, you would rather have Apple products than purse and shoes and clothes. I'm like, yeah, that's me. Um, but she loves things with a twist. And so I'm really excited because this is so much more than just someone who is you know, it's funny it's in the wedding world, people are like, oh my God, do you get your nails and your hair? And you know, it's like, we're bebopping around and it's like, no, this, this girl really runs a business. And I mean, she was a retail consultant working with Nike and Lucky brand jeans and Ben Sherman and Cotton On and Yahoo. And so she brings a ton of experience to the world of events. And it's really been a perfect match. And she does one of my favorite things that we're going to talk about today is like sales funnels. And I know it gives some of us a headache, but it's just so important to understand some of these things as a business owner, because the fun part is getting to plan these amazing weddings and events, but also as a business educator, it's so important to get yourself out there and to share your education like she's going to be doing today on our podcast. And she's also a motivational speaker. So listen up, get your phones out, get ready to take some notes. And I'm so excited that Margo, and I love her last name, y'all. She's like, it's crazy. And I'm like, oh, like crazy, but like with an F. <laughs> <laughs> which I works in a mental hospital. So for me, like, that's funny. Some people may not think that it is. And then her name, y'all, is spelled M-A-R-G-A-U-X. And so that's like a very famous wine, which I don't, the only reason I know about this is because I work with some really luxury clients that are wine connoisseurs. And so I was so impressed, Margo, when I was, when you were like telling me all the history. So welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Angela. Happy to be here. Yay. So before we dive in and start talking about your fashion days and now <laughs> what you're doing today and all the sales funnel stuff and like streamlining those, just take us back and let us let all the audience know, like, how'd you grow up? Where are you from? Uh, how did you get onto that path of going into like retail and fashion? And then how has it married into you being an entrepreneur in your business today? Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. What's up, GSD leaders? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Business Unveiled, where we share expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals. You know we're going to take you behind the scenes of our experiences, share with you what we've learned from them, and how it's made us stronger. Because no one said it's easy owning a business, right? But it's a lot more fun when you've got a strong support team around you. And that's exactly what we do at GSD Creative. 
We're right there by your side. And I'm so excited that you've chosen this podcast to take the first step in growing a productive, profitable, and successful, wildly successful business within the hospitality and creative industry. Today's podcast is being brought to you by one of my favorite platforms, Kajabi. So stop trading your time for money. Kajabi provides digital entrepreneurs an all-in-one platform which enables you to create a life of freedom on your terms, whatever that may be. Everything is housed under one platform. So there's really no need for multiple services. Kajabi really has all of the tools that you need in one place if you're looking for a home to share your knowledge and build online courses. You have a community of like-minded people with proven success in selling knowledge online and the support with Kajabi is amazing. Give it a try today bit.ly slash AP Kajabi. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, like Angela said, my name is Margot Frazy. Yeah, it's Frazy like crazy. It's, I love it. It's, I love it's, it. It's, it's the French word for strawberry, but oh, we pronounce it Frazy. Yeah, it's weird. Um, so I uh, own Harmony Creative Studio, which is, as Angela said, a boutique wedding firm here in Los Angeles, California. I was born and raised in California, but I was telling Angela before we went on the air that my family is actually also from Nashville. So I do have roots in Nashville and in the Midwest, <laughs> but I've, I've lived in California my whole life. Um, when I was in college, I needed a job to pay for school. And so I started working at stores in the mall, kind of like a lot of people do. I worked at Foot Locker. I worked at a store that sold jerseys and hats because I was one of the only girls that knew anything about sports to sell jerseys and hats to uh, guys. And I, I went to school for political science and history, but I never used anything. <laughs> used any of yeah, they, that never amounted to anything. I had aspirations of being a political writer. And then the 2000 election happened and it was a little wah wah for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but working in retail, I discovered that I had an aptitude for management. So I was put on a management fast track. So I uh, manage retail stores. Then I was a management trainer. So I would go out and I would train other managers on how to do things. And then I worked with the consulting firm that I worked with for several years. Uh, you mentioned I worked on brands like Lucky Brand Jeans, Ben Sherman, Cotton On. And the last thing that we did for them was for Yahoo. So I actually worked at a Yahoo office and I was kind of a go-between between the company that I was working for designing products. So Yahoo actually used to have stores. A lot of people don't know this. They had I a couple didn't of know stores. That. They for did. What? They they sold everything branded Yahoo. So the little Y what? symbol with an exclamation point, it has a name. It's called the Y Bang. That's what they call it. What? And yeah. And back in the day, 2005, 2006, 2007, Yahoo was very, very well known. Google had not completed its internet dominance at the time. So Yahoo was a lot more, uh, it was a lot of bigger company and they had a bunch of stores. You know, most of them were located on Yahoo campuses, but some of them were randomly in malls uh, that just sold a whole bunch of Yahoo stuff and tech stuff, anything and everything. I still have 
tons of stuff from that time. The, the luggage that I carry, like my carry-on luggage is Yahoo branded. So people still think I work for them whenever I go through airports. <laughs> but, um, but when I was working for Yahoo, I started working with their events department because the people who most wanted the stuff that we had that was branded with Yahoo was their marketing and events department. They wanted swag to give out at their events. So I started kind of working closely with the events department. It was a lot more fun than my job, if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah. <laughs> I started doing more stuff with them and less stuff with me, uh, working on their holiday parties and things like that here in LA. And a, a couple of my friends were getting married at the time. And as most event people will tell you, it, I just kind of fell into it. I helped some of my friends do their weddings. I really loved it. Uh, it was, weddings were always more fun than corporate events. <laughs> corporate events <laughs> always had a little bit of corporate to them. I mean, it sounds silly to say it that way, but it's true. And I, I didn't love them, but I really loved weddings. So I then uh, started working underneath a, an older wedding planner here in LA and uh, she mentored me. And then I started doing more events uh, just by word of mouth. And then I started my company, Harmony Creative Studio, in 2011. I was married myself in 2012. And after that, I decided to go full-time into the world of weddings and events. So that's kind of my journey through that. But if you want to talk more about fashion, we definitely can. But for me, it was more fast fashion because the, the company that I worked in specialized in what we call um, uh, wholesale shop and shop. So when you go, so like a Dick Sporting Good is a good example because Nike okay. was our biggest contract. So Dick Sporting Goods has a pad that's dedicated to Nike and it has specialized fixtures, specialized signage, specialized everything oh. that was not designed by Nike. It was designed by the company that I used to work with. So oh. Nike only designs its, its Nike stores and its direct channels, all of their wholesale accounts where they're selling clothing to other retailers like Dick Sporting Goods to sell Nike products. All of that is done through third-party companies like the one I used to work for. So oh. that's, kind of, that's kind of how that works out. Uh, so it wasn't ever like fashion, fashion, but I love fashion. I just never got to work on anything more than like jeans and sneakers. So Gotcha. It's just so interesting. Like there's so many worlds out there and you just don't mm -hmm. even think about how, how all these things work. Like as a consumer, you know, I mean, we have a big, big Dick's Sporting Goods out in Mountain Juliet where my family's from. And, um, it, you know, you walk in there and it's like, you could get anything sporting, but I kind of, I see what you mean. Like now I'm thinking of myself, like walking into that Dix and I'm like, oh yeah, there is like this pat, like this area and they're all organized by brands. So I totally get it. Um, so how did you get into like becoming known for like sales funnel stuff? Like how did all this happen? Like, did you learn that in the fashion corporate market? And then you pulled it over into, because there's not many creative wedding planners and designers that understand really a, how to do it, b the strategy behind it. And why the hell would you want to automate something when it's such a personalized industry? <laughs> right. So, so we, we have to backtrack just a little bit. So gotcha. my company, my company has been around since 2011 and it was picking up steam. I was getting all the clients that I wanted. It was going great, but I was still a newbie, you know, the first couple of years of my business. Uh, and then unfortunately in 2014, I was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. 
So I had to take a step back from my business for about a year and a half. And during, during that time I had, I had nothing but time. I had no energy, I had no money, I wasn't working. Uh, But what I did have was time. And in order to feel connected to my business, I wanted to work, you know, in my business, but I couldn't do client work. So I decided to really hone in on all of the systems for my business to make things easier for myself when I came back to my business after treatment. Because I knew that when I came back to my business, I was going to have limited energy. You know, I, I did all the things. I did chemo, radiation. I've had 12 surgeries. Uh, if you, you hear shit, me girl. coughing a little bit, it's, it's not coronavirus related. <laughs> it is because I'm actually missing a lung. They had to remove one of my lungs because oh my I had a metastasis in one of my lungs. I just, I just want to preface that so people don't think I'm just over here coughing. Holy um, mine's allergies, people. I'm not sick. <laughs> Uh, but because I had all that time, I wanted to use it to its fullest advantage. And so I dove in really deep with all of these educators that were speaking on things like sales funnels and systems and automation kind of before everyone else kind of got on the, on the train with that. So what I did was I decided to automate as much as I could in my business because I knew I was going to have limited energy, limited time limited brain power when I came back into my business. And I wanted to uh, work very hard to design an inquiry process and sales funnel that would be an experience that could attract my ideal client and get them to book my business with minimal effort on my part and minimal friction. So that's kind of really how I got into sales funnels. But during that time, I worked on automation and systems everything in my business because frankly I had the time to do it. I, I look around now with with the whole stay-at-home orders and and the the what's happening with coronavirus and COVID right now and everyone is kind of having the um, experience that I had in 2014 and 2015 mm-hmm. because I was forced to do nothing but lay on my couch and recuperate and yep. deal, deal with treatment and so I decided to use that time and, and brain power on my business so that I had something to look forward to. Granted, I don't have any children. I just have one manic dog. So I had more <laughs> bandwidth to, to devote to my business. But that's, that's something that I did to uh, kind of as a carrot at the end of the stick, you know, for my treatment so that I had something to look forward to. So I really honed in on all of my systems, including sales funnels, which I thought were so interesting because they seem so widely used in other industries, mm-hmm. not so much in the retail industry. At, when I was working in the retail industry, it was not so much um, internet-based. It was really in-person. It was really brick and mortar. But so they didn't do a lot of sales funnels. It was your more traditional, like you hear an advertisement, you go and buy, you know, that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. in 2014, I started listening to educators that were out there talking about sales funnels, and I decided that I could implement something like that, even in my industry, even in something that's very personal, as weddings are, you could still do a personal touch, but give people that funnel that they were looking for to make it easy for them. So there's less friction between them buying and and you getting the sale. So did you watch YouTube videos? Or how did you decide what platform to use when you were deciding, 
okay, I want to build a sales funnel. What should I use? And I'm interested to know what was your favorite. <laughs> I, I, I think I did all the things, Angela. I think I did. <laughs> I think I watched YouTube videos. I listened to podcasts, okay. I read people's blogs. I just kind of, um, you know, geared towards a couple of, of educators that were speaking to me, people like Amy Porterfield, who talks a lot about email marketing and courses yep. and things like that. Uh, and I, my, what I use now for my funnel, it's not one thing. Like there are very streamlined systems that you can use out there. Like Kajabi is a really good I example of something that is an end to end sales funnel. You can do literally everything with Kajabi. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm looking to moving to them, but I haven't so far. So mine is just a trial, a trial and error that I've gone through to figure out what works best for me and my business and my lifestyle, which I think is something that people miss in systems and automations in general. They're looking to what's the most popular, what are what is everybody else using? When in general, you should actually be doing it the opposite way. You should you should try to figure out what you need for your business and make something work for you. Right. So I think people do it in, in kind of a, a the wrong order sometimes. So did you, what did you end up building your very first funnel on? So it's more of a couple of different platforms. Our funnel starts, you know, just kind of like everybody else's funnel does with opt-ins usually. Uh -huh. uh, yep. Opt-ins are really big in the, in the wedding industry, things like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, our, our particular opt-ins, uh, our lead generators, or as some people call them are things like, you know, 10 things you should do right after you get engaged, because yep. that's at the, that's at the start of the wedding planning process. And to be honest with you, it's all the stuff that I wish couples knew before they came to me anyway. So right. it's not like I'm giving away anything. I, I don't want them to know or anything that's going to, you know, harm me, but our funnel always starts with a lead gen or it starts with uh, advertising. You know, we do Instagram advertising, mm -hmm. a little bit of Facebook, but more Instagram. And then um, referrals are kind of a separate thing. Referrals kind of skip our funnel because they are coming direct to us usually from previous customers or vendors. So when I talk about our sales funnel, I'm really only talking about cold leads. I'm talking gotcha. about people who find us on these platforms or through a lead gen or something like that. And then they're moved through the funnel. So the opt-ins and, and my website are all built off of the show it platform. If you're familiar okay. with that. I'm it, not. It's like Squarespace. Okay. It's very much like Squarespace, but in my opinion, it's much more intuitive and you can do a lot more things with it. Cool. So for example, all of the landing pages for my opt-ins are not built on an exterior platform. They are native to my website. They are gotcha. subsites plus sites on my website. That's awesome. So, yeah. So people, when they find the advertisements or when I mentioned on, uh, you know, wedding pot planning podcasts that are couple facing, they, they hear about the legion, they find the legion, and then they are already on my website basically. So it would be a very easy uh, thing for one of them to click on something. And, and a lot of them do, they get the legion, but then they go visit my website because it's not a separate page. It's already on my website. So I think if you're asking about what platform most of my funnel is built on, it's yeah. mostly built on show it, which is a really gotcha. a website based platform, but it's, yeah. it's meant to capture the leads through the lead gen and then put them into an email sequence, which is built on MailChimp. So those are the two gotcha. that we use most often. Okay. 
Yeah. And I'm not, re I'm not out here reinventing the wheel people. Right. I'm not using something that's, you know, right. <laughs> that the average person doesn't really know exists. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they capture the lead gems and they are put into an email marketing system, or if they go to our website on our uh, kind of, uh, packages or, you know, uh, the things that we offer page, it'll say, click here for pricing, click here for packages. I don't really remember what the wording is, but when they <laughs> click it, I know it's my own website. I, I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> click here for pricing yeah. because, because I only have starting pricing listed on my website and we can get into why a little bit later. But yeah. if they, if they click on pricing, what happens is they click on it and then it says, put in your email. So they put in their email, they're trading the email for the package price and for the information. Mm -hmm. And then they're put into an email sequence also, which is different than the lead gen one because we're speaking to different people and different interest levels, right? Right. So I do have several different email sequences that speak to the different ways people found us and mm -hmm. is a natural progression of information. Obviously, if someone has gone to our website, gone to our packages pages, clicked on it saying they want pricing, that's a different level of interest than if someone has just said, I want this free information about what I should do next after I get engaged, right? So you don't want to put out the same messaging. So we do have different email sequences in our funnel, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's like the number one thing where people, I see them go wrong and they think that they can just say the same thing to everybody mm -hmm. on every platform and every sequence. And I'm like, that's the worst thing you can do yeah. because if you don't customize the message for what they're asking you for and you don't stick to that message, you look like an idiot and yeah. they're going to go somewhere else because you're not listening to them. And so like we have a corporate client right now and they offer uh, all these amazing trainings. Like, I, I mean, I think they have like 33 different trainings. I mean, it's a lot. And so the owner's like, but I want people to land on the site and then know everything we do. I'm like, but you're running ads for one training. So wouldn't we drive the consumer clicking on the ad to the one page that talks about the one training. Mm -hmm. And then after they do that one training, then you can let them know the other things, but there has to be like a starting point and an ending point and move them through the funnel. And, you know, a lot of people, they do not talk this way. They do not think this way. And they're like, move you through a funnel, <laughs> you know, and here I am like drawn like a oil funnel, like, you know, <laughs> into a car and it's just such a different way of thinking. And so for people who are listening who have no effing clue what we're talking about, right. like go look at some YouTube videos <laughs> and like, yeah. you know, learn about funnels. And I get it, guys, I get it. Like we do luxury events. We do luxury weddings and like people want personalized things, but you can still have sales funnels and automation and it really elevate your customer service. So like if, if you, if you had to pick like one funnel to tell like a starting point of, if someone has no automation, no funnel, um, you know, for lead generation, what would you tell people to start with? Like their very first one. I mean, I always, I, I think maybe we should take a step back because okay. I think we're, I think we're missing the first step. Okay. which is the first step of, of any kind of selling is knowing who you're selling to, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to think about your, um, 
ICA, your ideal client avatar, and think about what they would want to know, and then build a lead generator off of that. So gotcha. to give you an example for my, for my clients and kind of how I, I funnel everything from my ideal client through the process, I am not only thinking about how my ideal client, who is usually a bride, we service all kinds of couples, but if we're going to make a generalization, it's typically mm -hmm. a woman, a bride. And I have an idea of where she shops and how old she is and all of these demographic things and budget things that people usually start with. But I also have an ideal client that goes deeper than that, which thinks about communication styles, um, their overall attitude, their tone, how they deal with conflict, things like that, because those are the things for a service-based business that are going to make a difference on a day-to-day -day working with clients. Because Amen. for weddings, the wedding day is only one day, right? It's all of the other days that lead up to that. And if I'm dealing with a client who's not my ideal client in terms of personality, how they deal with conflict, how they communicate, every day before the wedding day is going to be just that much more difficult. So I take that into consideration for my funnels as well. But when I'm thinking about my ideal client, I think, where does she hang out, right? Mm -hmm. My ideal client is not a Facebook person, I have found. They're just not. They are an Instagram person. So I, even before I started advertising on Instagram, I got a lot of leads through Instagram. I track mm -hmm. all of my leads, all of my cold leads, warm leads, you know, everything that comes through. Anything that looks like an inquiry or a lead goes into just a simple Excel spreadsheet. And then I can figure out how, how, they, how it worked out. Did they book? Did they drop away? Did, at what point in the process did they drop away? so that I can track what's working and what's not working for both my funnel and for my advertising. Because if I was advertising on a platform and it was showing me zero return, then I don't need to advertise with them anymore, right? So I think that one of the things people miss is kind of tracking everything. And I also track where people drop away in the system. So I can see who signed up for a lead gen and track their email and see, did they open this email? Did they not open the next one? Did they click on anything? And then I'm tracking that throughout the system so that I can see where any pain points are in my funnel and where people drop away. So it, it's a lot easier to track. So that's one thing that I would really recommend is people to track every aspect of their funnel and every aspect of their lead generation. So I've discovered that my ideal client is an Instagram girl, right? She likes Instagram. She's not so much on TikTok. She's a little older. My ideal client is solidly in her 30s. I don't mm -hmm. usually do weddings for, for brides in their early 20s. It's just not my market. LA mm -hmm. is kind of not like that. So right. she's on Instagram. So that's where I'm funneling most of my marketing dollars to when I'm talking about paid advertising, because that's mm -hmm. where my core customer lives. And then because I'm on this platform, Instagram, I want to know what are people who use this platform responding to. So I have a business account on Instagram. And if you're using Instagram for business, you got to get that business account because it's the only way that you can track which, you know, which pictures people are clicking through to your website, which, which ones are getting the most likes, because you need to know what people are responding to so that when you build your ads or your lead gens, you have an idea of what people like. So in my case, people were really responding to photos of people more than photos of things. Mm -hmm. Right. So all of my ads have photos of people, not photos of stuff, not photos of place settings or flowers or whatever. They had photos of happy, smiley people. 
And they responded to tips. They responded to hearing very specific actionable steps. Those were the, the posts and the comments that got most, the, the posts and the, the information that got most comments, likes, click-throughs, all of that stuff. So when I was thinking about building my lead gen, I thought about how I could hit that mark. You know, here's, and how it would relate to when they would want to hire me, right? Mm -hmm. Most people hire me at the beginning of the process. Maybe they have a venue, maybe they don't have a venue, but, but people don't hire wedding planners way down the line in their wedding planning. It's at the beginning. So it all should of, be, yeah. it should be, right? <laughs> Hopefully it would be. So all of my lead gens are made for the very beginning of the process. What to do right after you get engaged. Here's how to plan a wedding in the age of social media. That's a big one. It's been really, you know, tips for planning a wedding in social media. Um, had, you know, 10 things to look for in your venue contracts, because it's about 50-50 couples that come to us that either have a venue or don't. So some of them already have a venue. Well, I would like them to know what to look for in their venue contracts so that I don't have to go through their contract and explain to them that they didn't read something right or something's not the way that they like it. So it's yeah. information I want them to have anyway, but it's geared toward the beginning of the process. So I would say if you're looking to have a lead generator that's really going to put people into the top of the funnel, get people to click, get people to download, get people into your email uh, sequences, is that it's got to be something that you think your client wants. Because if it's not something they want, they're never going to click on it. They're never going to give you your e their email and you're never going to get them in the top of the funnel to begin with. Right. So what are your thoughts on nurturing people? Do you can, if, if people hire you, obviously you're personally nurturing them, but for clients that perhaps don't, do you have a different funnel where they can purchase like online help from mm -hmm. you or I, I want our audience to understand just because, you know, and you've already touched on this a little bit, but just because um, you get a lead and they don't hire you to do your main service. Mm -hmm. And this is a great time because of COVID looking at other revenue streams. Mm -hmm. And so can you explain that if they don't hire you, what, and what, what actually is a nurturing funnel? And then I would love for you to share with us, you know, what other ways you can work the funnel, not just to get people to hire you, that there's other ways to nurture them. Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest thing that email platforms like MailChimp or Flowdesk or, or any of the other email marketing platforms that are out there, one of the most important things they offer is the ability to segment the audience. So in MailChimp, for instance, it's called tags, right? So people come in to the big bucket for the lead gens. I have four of them. They all come into the same bucket, right? If those clients then hire me, they get tagged hired client, right? 20, it's like HCS client 2020 or HCS client 2021, whatever it is. But then I know that I no longer have to keep sending emails to those clients because they've already booked me, right? Mm -hmm. So they're taken out of part of the nurturing sequence. Our original nurturing sequence for people when they do the lead gen, I'll, I'll explain how it's a little different, the lead gen, than if they go to our website and ask for pricing, right? Gotcha. So the lead gen is very simple. It's three emails. I'm, I'm not sending these people emails in perpetuity. I don't believe in that if they right. don't ask for it, if they don't want it. Uh, it's three emails. The first email is, here is the lead gen that you have asked for. Here it is. Click here, download. Here it is. And the, the other thing it says, it's a little bit of bio about me, about our company. And then follow us on Instagram 
it's not a huge amount of information. It's just, here's this thing that you've asked for and follow us on Instagram if you're not already. And here's who I am, just in case you're wondering who is, who is making these things for you. Yeah. The second one is, here, here are some more resources. I have spent a lot of time building out a resource library as a page on our website that has um, free resources. Like there's a free uh, list of what we put in our emergency kit on days of. Brides and couples are always, always asking for that. I give them a list of you know, blogs to read for what style they are looking for. Free resources, right? That's what the bulk mm -hmm. of that email is. Here's more stuff. It's me, you know, giving, 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 giving. Here's more stuff that you can write. And the bottom, it's like, here's a podcast that I was on that speaks to couples. So if you want to listen to this, this is great. And that's really all the second email is. And then the third and last email is, if you're interested in hearing more about our services, click here and it'll take you to our welcome site, which is a secret site that's built underneath my main site that mm -hmm. has information about all of our pricing, how we structure our custom packages, the 12 venues that we do actually do month of coordination at because we don't do it at all venues. We only do it at ones that we're familiar with and all of our information, right? And that's, that's it. It's three emails. It's very simple because if they're not clicking through on those three emails, then me sending them more and more and more emails we found because we play with it a little bit. I used to send seven. Nobody read the seventh one. That's a lot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Nobody read the seventh email. Very few people read the sixth email. We found that most people click through the first three emails and then dropped off. So then I decided to only send them those three emails that that's they were awesome. actually clicking through. So that's different. That's our lead gen. If people go to our website and click on, click on pricing, then the very first thing they receive is a link to that welcome site. Here is the information that you asked for, our pricing, our packages. I think the bottom is, are you following us on Instagram? You know, but I don't want to turn people towards other platforms if they're already on our platform. The very first thing, most of that email is here is the welcome site that you've asked for, right? Here's the information then it waits two days and then it sends them another one that's all of those resources that I was talking about again. And then it says, if you'd like to make an appointment, here's a click to our Calendly link. And I can talk more about scheduling in a minute as part of our yeah. funnel. But, but the second email is, here's resources, want to chat, click this link and that's it. And then the third one is kind of more of that, right? So it's just, you know, hey, I'm not going to send you any more emails if you want to have a talks in here. They're both three emails each because again, we noticed that people dropped away after three, after we tweaked it a little bit. Your business could be different. If you have way, way more information to share than I do, or if you've been on more couple-facing podcasts than I have, the majority of the podcasts that I'm on are industry-facing. They're not couple-facing. So you may have more to give. So you may have more emails that people are interested in reading, but you got to play with it a little bit and figure it out. But for the couples that do not hire us, right, they're not the people who I've tagged as a book client and, and weeded out of the system. About a month after they've gotten those three emails, they will get one more email. And it says, do you, you know, hey, we haven't heard from you. If you're not interested in, you know, our full packages, we get it. Not everyone needs a full-time wedding planner. If you're looking for some help, we offer consultation hours. You know, we offer consulting on an hourly yeah. basis. Here's information for that. Here's a button to click. It goes through Calendly. They pay on the Calendly link and schedule their appointment at the same time. So I've actually made quite a bit of money just off of those hourly consulting hours for people who did not want to commit to an entire 
uh, wedding planning, full planning package. So yeah, That's so we so do awesome. send them one more email and then they're integrated into our newsletter. So every other month we send out helpful stuff, right? And they mm -hmm. can unsubscribe at any time. And, and people often do after six months or a year when they're no longer planning their wedding. Yeah. But you know, it, it's always about giving, 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 but we do send that one email that says, Hey, in case you're not interested in spending five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars with me, right? <laughs> you, can, you can book a couple of calls and get advice from an expert, whatever you need. So we do continue to sell to people who have not, you know, dove in head first and hired us as full planners. Yes. And that's how we do it. And that is the right way to do it, you guys, because the way that I've learned to think of all this, and this is a totally different world and a totally different mindset, but once you get it and you start to build it and you watch it and you play with it and you tweak it, it works. And it's like, it, it's, it's just the best feeling. And I know it seems like a lot. And, you know, when people are like, yesterday I was, a client was asking something about, if something integrated with their QuickBooks and they're like, well, why do we have to use lead pages? And then why are we using HubSpot? And why are we using, I mean, I, um, the Scythe and why are we using Facebook? And, and then I, I literally did a zoom with them. And for an hour, I'm like, well, the reason we do this is because this feeds into this and then this tracks this. And then this shows us our click through rate. And then this, you know, and it, and she was just like, then she didn't have anything to say. She was like, Oh my gosh. And I'm like, yeah, it's a lot. But once you learn it and you know what to look for, which you're doing it the right way, because you have to think, what if they do this? What if they do this? What if, if they don't open, if they, you know, it's just, there's so many things to think about. But once you get on the trajectory of like, okay, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it right. That's why with a lot of our clients, like we just start with the contact form. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'm like, let's just start there <laughs> and then segment out the audiences. Just like you said, it's the most important thing. Um, and some, some uh, call them industries. We call it Infusionsoft and Keep. They call them tags, just like you know, MailChimp. But when you don't take the time to do that and you continue to add to your list, you guys, it is a flipping mess, tornado mess. If you don't fix it. The other thing I'll say, and I don't know how you feel about this, but like the bounces and the unsubscribes and um, the undeliverables and the unengaged. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts? Because some experts say like, oh, I keep them on, you know, for 10 years. And then some people say if they haven't engaged in three months, they come off the list because we're paying for those contacts. So going through like best practices, like we've got a girl that goes through every Friday and like cleans our list. But I, I learned that six years after having and building a list and working with all these different consultants who they all do it their own way. It's like, there's no right or wrong way, but there's a messed up tornado way if you don't watch out. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that for like bounces and unsubscribes and un unengaged? What do you, what do you think about that? So you can look at it a couple of different ways. Uh, I will say that, that I do one, one day a month. I don't do every week. Um, I do one day a month where mm -hmm. I go through my MailChimp, I go through the audience, I go through, you know, what's happening and, and I'll clean it up a little bit. Um, uh, some of them are obviously fake accounts, like they're bots. And those are very easy cleanups to get rid of. It's, it's very obvious who the bots are. But for the people that maybe clicked on the first email and then, then didn't do anything, 
for weddings, there's two there's two schools of thought, right? So weddings are something, well, maybe not now in our current landscape, but usually <laughs> a client would work with us for anywhere from six to 18 months, right? Mm -hmm. That's usually how, how far people book out. So if someone has been on my list for three years, the likelihood that they are still planning a wedding is very low, right? Mm -hmm. But if I see that those people are sometimes clicking on my stuff, they could become a referral source. So if they've been on my list for two years, the, the rule that I do is that if they've been on my list for two years and they've never opened anything or they haven't opened anything in over two years, they're, they're not in getting my information anymore. So the, the likelihood that they will do something for me is very low, right? right. So, so I do wipe people off after two years. But just because people haven't paid me any money or haven't done anything, if they're still engaging, if they're still opening my emails, then they may become a referral source for me. They may just want to be a wedding planner and got somehow stuck in this funnel that doesn't really apply to them. But if they're still engaging with it, then there's still a possibility and I don't remove them. But gotcha. I, I want to I go back to something you said before about yeah. it's, it's a lot of work. So funnels are definitely a lot of work setting. <laughs> <Yes>. I mean, <laughs> learning because I sell courses, I'm an industry speaker, and I'm also still planning weddings full time. So I actually am speaking to three different segments, right? Mm -hmm. So setting up all of these funnels and doing all of these things, it took work, but here's where it pays off for, for everyone out there that's listening and is thinking, that is a lot of work. I don't have time for that. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Here's, here's where it pays off, right? Every week, several times a week, uh, things just pop into my calendar. A client that I have never heard of, never spoken to before, didn't even, wasn't even aware that they were in my funnel, all of a sudden wants to have a phone call, an in-person meeting, back when we were allowed to have those, an in-person meeting or right. a Zoom call to talk to, to talk to me about booking me. They just popped in because they have been in my funnel this whole time without me even knowing it, right? That's awesome. So they just pop up and they're ready to talk. And those leads that started out as cold leads at the beginning of my funnel, at, if they've made it through the funnel, they've got the information, they like what they're hearing, they scheduled a phone call, those are hot, hot leads by the time mm -hmm. I get on the phone with them because they've gotten all the information, they've gotten you know, very, a very clear idea of how we build our pricing, what we can and can't do for them realistically as a wedding planner. And it shows me that they're the right type of client for me. So we have a 90% booking rate for people that I actually get on the phone with. We have lower amounts of inquiries that make it all the way through the funnel as other people, but they are hot leads. They are leads for me to lose at that point. I can only lose their sale at that point because they like what they've been hearing so much that they're ready to book by the time they get on the phone with me or have a meeting with me. So it sounds like a lot of work, but it's upfront work that you're setting up something and then it just pays off, pays off, pays off, pays off, pays off in perpetuity. You know, it's, I'm booking clients Absolutely. that I have done no work for this year because my funnels have already been set up. They're just appearing. So it sounds like work, but it really does pay off in the end. When you're writing out your funnels and thinking through it all, like, do you put up a bunch of paper? Like I've got these whiteboards and like, do you just whiteboard the hell out of every possibility that someone could take <laughs> when clicking and then you build them or yeah, do you just I, build them as you go now? I, I do something similar. I actually use the same method that I use to build all of my courses, which are little post-it notes. 
So I bought like a big pack of these like white foam poster boards. And for each of our courses and each of our funnels, I have little post-it notes and the big squares are for emails. And then the little squares are, you know, the little mini post-its are like, what could happen after they do it? So it's me trying to think out all the possibilities because I like that part, but you could just build your funnel as you go. But just like when you go to Google analytics and you can see, they have those like trees that you can see, Mm -hmm. oh, people who click here, oftentimes this is what they do after they click here and the tree builds out. We, we do that with the little post-it notes or I do that with the little post-it notes so that I can build out my funnels that way. And then I just keep them. And the reason I do it with the post-it notes is it's easier to move things around mm-hmm. if I find something's not working. Yep. Then if I just like write it all out and I've got to scratch it out and whatever with the post-it notes, all I do is say, oh, well, this, this piece of information should probably go with this email because people aren't getting it. They're dropping away. And with the post-it notes, it's just easier. Like when you're building a course to move the post-it notes around rather than try to scribble it and build it all out again. I love it. It's kind of like <laughs> building a floor plan on like mm-hmm. a uh, all seated or something, or like we used touched or our, you know, whatever. And it's like, you can just drag and drop and it's like, Oh, our guest count went up 200. You can just you know, slide your finger, copy, paste, or it went down 200. You can slide over copy. It's just much easier to like move things around. That's awesome. So I know that this takes, you know, a little bit of um, a level of understanding like technology Mm -hmm. and integrating these things. And, you know, like you said, let it do the heavy lifting for you. Mm -hmm. And so of all the components, if someone wanted to go and say, okay, I'm going to build a sales funnel what, uh, like, is there one thing or one platform that you would recommend them getting started on that would be like a good introductory, introductory level to, to building? I mean, it, it depends. If you know that you really want to integrate this stuff and you want to have something that works end to end, then just go straight to a Kajabi or something like that. It costs money, right? Kajabi's. Yep. Probably most one of the most expensive ones that's out there. Mm -hmm. But if it's it's a commitment, you know, some people need to spend money to force themselves to follow through on their plans. So if you're that kind of person, then just go go to the the cream of the crop, go to Kajabi or something like that, and just work it all the way through. Or funnels. There's another one, sales funnels funnel. I can't think of it right now but there are end-to-end systems like that. But if you're just starting out, like when I just started out, I was on the free version of MailChimp, right? That mm-hmm. you can have up to 2,000, maybe 2,000 emails on there for, for free, right? So I started on the free version and then I had to get on the paid version when my email list you know, got to that level. It took two years to get to that level. So don't think it happens overnight. It certainly right. does not. Um, right. But but you can start with the free versions of these platforms and figure out what works for you, right? There are, there are tons of email marketing platforms out there. There are tons of funnel programs out there, land, landing page programs. It's just a, a matter of finding out what's gonna work for you because in the, in the end, if you don't like the platform and you don't like using it, you won't use it, you'll let it die and then it's not gonna work for you and what's the point, right? Right. So for me, it was a little, it was a little play. You know, I tried a couple other mail or email platforms. They didn't, for some reason, they didn't make as much sense sense to me as MailChimp. Mm -hmm. You know, it it was just how, how my brain works, which is not how 
your may your brain may work or or anybody listening's may work so you have to find the program that makes sense to you and that you're going to use because again if you're not using it then what's the point so right and and i have cuz whenever a client comes to us and they're like can we just pay you to build all this and or all right this is my favorite can you can i give you some money can you just run a facebook ad and i'm like okay well your digital footprint sucks so where are we going to run them to um, do you want me to build a lead page, which would be ideal since your website is built on Wix and it's free and it's not mm-hmm. optimized and the back end's not built out appropriately and you don't have any Google Analytics and you know, I could go on and on. Um, and you know, they just kind of look at me like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I'm not going to take your money and we're not going to run any ads because there's nowhere to run it to that would make sense to the audience. And it is very important that if you're running ads, it has to lead them somewhere Otherwise, people feel misled, and that's not a good way to start running ads. And so then they'll say, okay, well, I guess what's this lead pages thing, you know? And so then, you know, I'll show them that. And then they're like, oh, well, I can just pay, you know, 49 bucks a month. And I was like, well, I wouldn't do that because then you don't get this feature. And I'm like, or you could just go to Kajabi. I mean, I think it starts at like 150 a month. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, that's so expensive. I'm like, but if it's making you $10,000 a month in your courses, why would you not pay for the best platform? And, you know, I'm, I'm always, I've, I feel like I've sold courses on every single platform that's out there. And what I always look at is I used to only care about how, <laughs> how easy it was for me to build it on the back end, mm-hmm. but really it should be about the user experience on the front end. And so Kajabi does make it easy on the front and the back end to sell courses. But, you know, if you build everything on there, yeah, I mean, you are kind of stuck with it. But even if you're on WordPress, if you keep your plugins up to date, I think it's like 89 bucks a month or something. So there's always going to be an investment to get something that's going to save you a ton of time. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm a, a, a huge software geek and, um, and I just, I love to learn about it because it helps, it helps us be more productive. And so I love that. Um, one last, like really just wondering mm-hmm. w- with all the COVID stuff, like mm-hmm. how have you, cause you know, you and I similarly, our revenue is, you know, generally events and speaking and educating and thank God we've had other revenue of like online courses and things mm-hmm. like that. But what have you found that has been changing and shifting for you? Well, our inquiries have definitely gone in the toilet pretty much. <laughs> Um, let's just call a spade a spade, right? I I just think that people, um, they have a little paralysis right now, even if they've gotten engaged lately, they they don't quite want to start planning yet. They don't want to reach out because everything is so unknown. So it, I I think it's just across the board. Every, um, every Friday I have uh, organized a call here in Los Angeles for about 15 other wedding planners, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we're all sharing information and, and they've said, you know, kind of the same thing. Uh, A couple have more inquiries than others. They're mostly referrals. But so because I'm not working on my events right now, because there's not a lot that can be done. All of our events until September have been postponed at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I can't work on events, nothing's open. I've been really dialing into my speaking platform, investing in that, uh, investing in a PR firm for that and investing in my courses. You know, I, I wasn't going to launch another course this year 
because I didn't have the bandwidth because 2020 was a very good year for us in terms of event mm-hmm. bookings because everyone wants to, wanted to get married in 2020, right? Because it sounds cool. <laughs> it does. Um, yeah. And But now that I, I don't have to spend time on doing all these events because they're pushed into 2020 or 2021, I have more bandwidth to do more of these courses. So it's all about pivoting, right? Like we, we, you have to pivot. And I'm lucky that several years ago, because of my cancer diagnosis, because I know at any time I could have, you know, a resurgence of that. I know that I'm 40 years old. I, I, I don't want to be still doing 25 events every year. I don't think my 50 year old body could handle that 10 years from now. Right. So I wanted to plan for the future. And so I had already taken the steps to you know, do courses. I have two courses that are out there. I've done speaking. I just spoke at the special event cater source, which was in March. That was a real interesting uh, experience to be there while there. the crap was hitting the fan. Were you there? Were you at TSE yes. also? You were. Yeah. Yes. It and like we were in crazy. Vegas the day <laughs> I spoke right before the NBA like dropped the, the mm-hmm. announcement and my mom texted me and she's like, Angelie. And, and like, normally when there's like 300 people in the room, I think there were like 30 people in the room mm-hmm. and it was like a ghost town. Yeah. Cause I spoke on the last day. My mom's like, me you too. yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, it's crazy. We didn't like cross paths because it was like literally a ghost town when usually it's like thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And so I took my mom texted me. I'm like, God, you're overreacting. Like, g- give me a break. And then I, and then I like started to get notifications on my phone. I'm like, oh shit, maybe I should go, you know, get yeah. a flight overnight. So I did. But, and then the next day it's like, shit hit the fan in 48 hours, you know, millions of dollars of revenue yeah. is gone. And it's just like, okay, what are we going to do? Uh, yeah. yeah, it was, so it was, I've been telling people it was like getting a front row seat to the implosion of the events industry. Sadly. Yes. Uh, I yes. also spoke on the last totally. day, which was March 12th. And that was the day that the California uh-huh. governor was making his kind of gathering restrictions and everything. So while I was getting my makeup done to go on stage, my phone started to vibrate off the table. <laughs> and I had to send out kind of a blanket email to all my clients saying, yes, I've seen this. I have to go on stage in a mm-hmm. half an hour. So you'll be hearing from me this evening to try and right. be proactive. But I was like, I cannot deal with this right now, unfortunately. No. But no. it was kind of a ghost town. It was really interesting. Was but crazy. I but I had already made the move to to move into speaking. And I just during this time decided to spend money on that PR firm that was gonna help me with my speaking to kind of lean into these other aspects that I could do because I had the bandwidth for them finally that I didn't before because I was mm-hmm. working all the time on the events that we were doing. So it's kind of a little bit of a blessing, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not always um, a horrible thing. Like we all find good things out of something that seems so bad. Mm-hmm. So I just, it's, um, it's crazy. It, 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 I'm just like, oh my God, we were in the same place at the same town. I didn't even <laughs> I see you. <laughs> It's a oh big place. Gosh. You were probably speaking at room A on this side and I was in room G over here with the special event. I mean, it's it's still a large Las Vegas convention. It is. So, it is. Yeah. Well, I love chatting with you. This is just so awesome and it's been so helpful because there's not many people in the creative industry, especially the wedding industry that I meet who like I can like have a good conversation so with. So, and I'm hoping some of our listeners, if, if they're not learning about sales funnels and they're not doing it, like they'll reach out. So your courses 
that you have, is it on how to build sales funnels or is it more like wedding related? They're not. So right now I have a course on onboarding, how to onboard clients. It's what I spoke about at uh, the special event, Cater Source. Okay. So they're just a little, there's one on onboarding and there's one on styled shoots. Sales funnels, I feel like I may work on something on how they relate to the wedding industry specifically, but there are, for all of you listening out there, there are tons of experts talking about sales funnel more competently on an overall (laughs) basis than than I ever could, people that I've learned from. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's something I'm looking into, but right now I just have a course on client onboarding and how to set up your uh, client experience for success and gain your time back. Because again, I had a lot of time to think about it while I was, you know, in, in recovery. And then I have a course about uh, how to do styled shoots effectively, because that's something that has been very, very good for my business. And I feel like a lot of people have problems with it in the event industry. They're either, they either hate them or love them. There's no gray area with styled shoots, right? So those are the two courses that I have right now. They're actually still on Teachable. I'm using the Teachable platform still because people like it. They find it easy to use. But there is a part of me that thinks I'm going to have to move to Kajabi soon just to have everything in one place. Now that I'm I'm doing that just as much as I'm doing the event stuff. So You will love it. I know. I've already looked through it and and geeked out. (laughs) Trust me. So. It's, it's our whole GSD creative program is built on Kajabi and it's just like, um, you know, it's, it's taken some time to get there and like, literally we have like the cheapest package. We, we get three products, but it helps us focus, Mm -hmm. um, and tweak those three products. And I used to think that people that only launch three products a year were lazy, but then I was the stupid one where I'm like, Oh, they're making half a million dollars on one product because they only launch one product every six months. Mm -hmm. And so I joined that group years ago. It's, it was a sales funnels group to learn more about it. And it's really interesting, all the A-B split testing and all of, I mean, you've got it together going on with like the data and stuff. It's like, that's what drives all this, but you have to listen to the numbers. And so, I mean, I'll just tell you, like, I cannot say enough great things about it. It just, it gives you some um, leverage that, that some of the analytics, like with Teachable and stuff, just no other platform does it. And it's Mm kind of like all right there. So if you have any questions about it, hit me up. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty much sold at this point, Angela. It's just, uh, yeah, it's good. Just, it's just having, it's just having the time because I already yeah. had m- most of my like course launches. Like right now I'm launching a special for the onboarding course and I, I had stuff in the pipeline, but now yeah. that I have more time, I'm like, Oh, I could do this mm-hmm. now. I'll just have to like figure out how it works into the overall yeah. schedule. But, yeah. but yes, but I did, I did want to say one thing before we got off here because yeah. we touched on Calendly. Yes, I do love you, it. Do you know about Calendly? Or do yeah, you use it, or we, do use, you use it? we use it for the podcast, actually. Yes, you do. That's for right. people to book. Right. So Calendly is a scheduler that I think of as my little secret weapon because I use the paid version of Calendly, which allows you to have Zoom meeting integrations, allows you to have people pay. So when I was talking about those consulting hours, people click on it, they pay. It's all scheduled in one fell swoop. So mm-hmm. there's no like going back and forth for those smaller uh, those smaller dollar items that you might be selling that are service-based. And then people can just click on it and do it all at once. So if you guys out there, if you're not using a scheduler, like Acuity, Doodle is another one. If you have multiple people or Calendly, you're not using a scheduler, 
you're really missing the boat there. Yes. Because that is like, Calendly saves my time and sanity on a daily basis. So I, I know that I mentioned it, but I wanted to circle back around. To yes. It. And thank <laughs> you so much. And like, we started out, I mean, we used the free version for probably a year and a mm-hmm. half. And then, um, you know, we wanted to add, so basically for y'all that are listening that you're not familiar with it, you can put in, so like, for example, we only do podcasting once a month, all day, we batch everything. And it's like, usually like the second or third Wednesday or whatever every month. And so we fill it out for the whole year in Calendly. And then we put different time blocks. And then there's certain days that I only do coaching and consulting. And so there's a link for that. And exactly what you're saying, like, especially for the consulting stuff where people are like, can I pick your brain? Which Mm, yes, of course I'll do that all day long, (laughs) but not for free. And typically the people that want to like have coffee or pick my brain, they're not even serious about about launching a business and then they do nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's just like, we only have so much time in our life. And like, I'm not there to give out a bunch of free stuff to people if they're not actually going to take it and do something with it. So that has been a great thing. Exactly what you were just saying, because people will take, 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 take all day long. If you let them, <laughs> I just wanted to mention it because it's the end of our sales funnel, literally like gotcha. it's our sales funnel leads to getting on the phone, getting that in-person meeting, getting whatever. So the Calendly is the essential end of the sales funnel. So I love it. Thank you so much, Margo. This has been so awesome. And so if, if anybody wants to reach out to you or check out your courses, what's the best way for them to find you? Yeah. So the best way is Instagram. I love Instagram. Uh, it's at Harmony Creative. It's really simple. And from there, uh, because Show It is such an amazing platform, if you click on my bio link in Instagram, it's not like a single page. It's not one of those form pages. It's a custom thing that I've built out. So you can find all of my courses, all of the information on the one bio link that's in Instagram. So that is the one place that people can send me a DM, a question, connect with me, or find all of the other stuff that I do. Awesome. So Charles Harmony Creative, and we'll put all this in the show notes as well. Great. So thank you so much for being here today. And everyone, thank you so much for listening and supporting Business Unveiled. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode. Y'all have a great day. Bye. Now that you have all the tools you need to conquer the world in GSD, Just share this with your friends and your fellow GSD leaders and be sure you're a subscriber so you never miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled and you can ask Siri to listen to the latest episode, but you got to be a subscriber. Before I go, I have a huge favor to ask and it would mean the world to me. While you're listening, snap a quick screenshot, post it to your Instagram story, tag me at gsdleader underscore and share with me your top takeaway from this episode and how it relates to you. Until next time, remember, stay productive and profitable. You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit AngelaProfit.com.